guys, more teams. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're ruining it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Arden Caleb. Yes, welcome back to Between the Stammers Take 5000. <laughs> Just kidding. It's only the second take. We only talked for like half an hour and realized that it wasn't recording properly. Ah, well, what can you do, right? Yeah. Caleb Kirby here alongside myself, Art Aronson. Uh, we were talking about the Canucks. We're 20 games through now. The Canucks are 10, 8, and 2. They're in the midst of this road trip that's, well, I guess it's just about to end. So they're at the tail end of this road trip. Uh, we were talking about Canucks and giving them awards, you know, the quarterly grades. We were talking about the last uh, few games of this road trip since our last Between the Stammers last Wednesday. Uh, where do you want to start, Curb? Should we get right get right into the quarterly awards first? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Let's okay, do let's do that. So Let's do what Art wants here. MVP. We kind of both agreed on this one. Pretty easy. Well, who's your MVP? My MVP is Elias Pettersson, or Petey, as he likes to be called. I think... He changes the dynamic of his team when he's in the lineup. Um, he leads by example on ice, and that's hilarious to say for a kid that just turned 20. But, man, like, what a joy to watch. What a gift for Canucks fans. He changes the dynamic of this team, and I think that exactly is right. He gives other players an opportunity to be the best versions of themselves. He just gives the team a whole different dynamic structure, explosive, because this is a team that, you know, could have trouble scoring, but they've been able to put more points up with him. Well, that's know? one of the things that everybody touched on at the beginning of the season. They're like, how are the Canucks going to score goals? How are the Canucks going to score goals? The answer, Petey, is how they're going to score goals. And the honorable mention that you... Uh, are you about to tell everybody because he's been pretty darn good too. Spoiler alert. Uh, the honorable mention that I had gone into was Bo Horvat. The guy is out there, you know, putting up points. He has 17 points. So he's tied with Patterson for most points. Via he's played a few more games than Pat- Patterson. Uh, he has 17 points in 20 games. He's, you know, he's taking every big time draw. He's been pretty awesome this year. And he, you know, he plays, he plays against uh, the other teams, you know, like, uh, top uh, face-off taker, and he Canucks have actually the most face-offs. I don't know why that is. Well, they've played more games than a lot of teams, too, they've, right? Yeah, they've played one more game than everybody else in the Pacific Division. I don't know if that's yeah. everybody in the league. I think they're up there in games played. Oh. Bo's Donnie this year was nice, too, man. Whoo-wee, that was a nice fight. i say throw the C on him midway through this season. I think we get to January. I'd like to see the C on this kid if the Canucks keep playing the way they're doing. I think Bo is led by example. He's fantastic uh, post-game, and uh, he really doesn't seem like a kid anymore. He seems like a mature leader. He never really seemed like a kid to begin with, but like now he seems kind of more wise and mature beyond his years, and he has a way of scoring clutch goals. Maybe we'll have one of those uh, Mighty Duck moments, you know, Coach O'Ryan, Mighty Ducks 3, the little forgotten movie <laughs> nobody likes. The garbage movie? That's the one. And uh, Conway, Charlie Conway's pissed off because the new coach who's not Gordon Bombay, doesn't give him the seat. And he's like, you know, how am I supposed to be a leader on this team if I don't have the seat? And Hans is all, you don't. It's only a letter, Charlie. (laughs) And and then they're in a big game or whatever it is, and the new coach, O'Ryan, like halfway through the game, takes the seat, puts it on him. Go get him, leader. (laughs) Maybe that's what we need from Travis Green, you know, at some point after a big game. I think he's earning it, man. I really do. I think he's earning it this season so far. He's played phenomenally well. And, like, he hasn't been saddled with some of the best line mates lately in these games. Like, Schaller, I think, is playing well. Like, the guys he's being saddled with are playing well, but they're not top six producing forwards. Like Louis Erickson. He's playing with Louis Erickson <laughs> and Schaller. Like, you know. That's... Well, Louis's running on Eastern Standard Time right now, right? <laughs> like, is. on this road trip, he's kind of woken up and he's potting some goals. And I, I think that's just... That's what we're going to get out of Louie. He's actually third in uh, Canucks scoring. Yeah. That Can you believe that? It doesn't surprise me. He's had some pretty good chances to produce as well, right? And he hasn't missed any games. So I'm just saying there we've taken go. a lot of dumps on this guy. To yeah. Start the, I, this I, and I'll still, like, I still will take a bit of a dump on him. I want to see more out of him. Game in, game out. I think, you know, like sometimes he looks a little lazy around out there and a little soft around the net. This road trip has been great for him, and it's awesome to see. It's really awesome to see, but it needs to be consistent. 
Yeah. Don't forget last year he had that little stretch. I think it was a nine-game stretch where he had was getting points in almost every single game, mm-hmm. and then it just completely fell off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a tendency to disappear. Six million dollars per year? He yep. can't be doing that. Yeah. Uh, biggest surprise so far. Biggest surprise. Um, well, I think it's for Tannen, man. I think it's shotgun Jakey. He's, uh, putting eight, eight goals already. It's a fun tradition. Nobody thought this would happen. If you would have thought Jakey would have got these goals, eight goals already this season, you're lying. Like, it's just, it's exactly what people have hoped for and it's happening. And Jake for is blossoming into a, uh, quite the little player. He's not little, he's a truck, but he's blossoming into a player that uh, everybody's excited to see. He's making alcoholics out of grown men. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Uh, yeah, you know, what? this is what we knew about Jake Vertanen. He showed flashes of it last year. He only had 10 goals last year in 75 games, but I think most of them were near the end of the season. Yeah, so he had eight goals in, in 60 games last year, and he's already got eight goals this season. He's on pace for 33. That's nuts. Yeah. I saw Shane, Shane Lockren's going to be hooping a vodka tampon here probably by the end of the season. Our buddy's going to do some drastic things to his body <laughs> when Jake Vertanen scores 30 goals. <laughs> I, this is what we knew about Jake Vertanen coming in. He's got a great Howard serve a shot. He has speed, and he can throw his weight around. What I've been most impressed about Jake is his defensive prowess. Well, I, I think it all starts there, right? Because he's... Jake had to earn the trust of his coach. Yeah. Right? And he's earned he's earned that. And he's put in like he's probably one of the guys who has had one of the hardest roads to get to be the player where he is. Green was not soft on him when he was in Utica, right? Like he was doing doubles, double workouts, you know, a few days, getting out there, working out, playing hockey, practicing, going out and riding again on the bike for countless times to lose all that weight because Jakey got a little thick. And, um, you know, little thick. he got, he got put in situations in Utica where he was playing tons and tons of defense. He wasn't even playing top six minutes out there. And now it's paid off. His defensive game is awesome. And that is leading to him getting more looks offensively because green can trust him on the other side of the puck now. So that's why he's your biggest surprise for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. 22 years old, man. He's still a young kid. And now that he's showing this flash, and a consistent flash so early in the season, I think he's going to keep going. I agree that there was times, even early on in his career as just a youngster, that we were all like, is this guy going to be able to play in this league at all? Right. And the fact now that he can score, like, I saw a figure, he has eight goals. Guess who else has eight goals right now? Yeah, it's like Line and Eric Carlson or Sydney something Crosby. like that. Sydney Crosby, yeah. yeah. I mean, not, not too bad a company <laughs> for old Jakey Bertanen. <laughs> uh, I do agree that he's been a really nice surprise. My biggest surprise has been Ben Hutton. And the reason it's Ben Hutton is because this is a kid that I didn't know if he was going to be on this roster this year. He was terrible last year. Yeah. Healthy scratch. He was a healthy scratch. I don't know how many games in a row he was a healthy scratch. I think these are two guys that have had the potential, that we've seen the potential, and they've both had tough roads and tough love to get to where they are now. They're kind of like the Beavis and Butthead of the team, <laughs> right? And and Green is coaching that out of them completely. And Hutton, I agree with you, man. He's been magical. Like, he's been very, very good. He's been getting a lot of ice time. Like, he's averaging yeah. around 20 minutes of ice time ever since Edler's gone down. He's the go-to D-man for logging minutes. He's been a horse out there. He's been a de facto number one defenseman. Yes. I mean, Tanev out for a, a stretch of time there, and Edler's been out for a long time. So who has been, you know, posting those minutes? Hutton. It's been Hutton. And he's made his partner better. Good Branson is better right now because of Hutton. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible stuff, like, because this guy was in the serious doghouse. Like you said, Beavis and Butthead, I don't know, they were a tag team last year. I don't know what they were doing, <laughs> those two guys. But it wasn't playing hockey, yeah. you know? And now they're, like, major contributors on this team. Yeah, and it's so nice to see, man. This is the potential that everybody knew. Hutton thinks the game really well. Like, he's a smart player. He knows where to be on the ice, and it's the conditioning that has helped him big time because he processes the game well. 
He's just got to be motivated. And this season, he looks motivated. He looks way more motivated than he was last season. And even when he came into the league, like he... I think it was a wake-up call. And I think that you got to give Green some, you know, a lot of credit for that. And going, you know what? This is it, kid. You know? You could be out of this league. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's gotten to him. And to me, that's, that's a big surprise. I, man, I agree with I agree with you wholeheartedly on Hunton. I think I think both of them are almost equal because Hutton, like, if you don't have Hutton on this back end with how depleted it was, you're in big, big trouble. And I honestly think that a guy like Hutton should uh, should have that first unit power play spot instead of Pouliot because you know the second unit with him quarterbacking that power play, they've looked better over this stretch on this road trip. I think it looks significantly better. And one of the things is Hunt knows how to work a blue line a little bit better. And he's better at keeping pucks in the zone and making some of those passes. I know Pouliot's like kind of tricky and he does some nice things, right? He's crafty, but I'd rather have a guy who's steady back there than a guy who's flashy and, and has a tendency to lose the puck on the line. He does have a tendency to lose the puck on the line. Uh, Pouliot does. Uh, and I think Hutton might have a little bit of a better shot than Pouliot. I don't think either of them are very good. No. Yeah. Man, it'd be nice to have a guy with a good shot. Alex Edler? Alex Edler? Eric Goodbranson? Oh, my God. Goodbranson's been good, man. He has. You got to give it to him. Like, we've ripped that guy, but he's been good down this last little stretch. He leads the, the, the Canuck defenseman in points. And he's, like, jumping up on the rush now. He's got confidence. Yeah, that's shocking stuff for sure from where he was. But what I like about him jumping up in the rush is he's always finding a way to get back. And, like, people have criticized his foot speed, but, like, he knows when to jump in. And he knows when he's about to get caught and he gets back. You can't say that about everybody on the team. Present company, I always say old lead feet. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, I guess he's, you know, he's been better skating. Yeah. All right, what's next on the old listicus here, Art? Unsung hero. Unsung hero. Yeah. Well, you know who I love. You do have a bit of a man crush on this guy. Who are yeah. you going for the Canucks unsung hero for the first 20 games? Uh, well, I've talked about him ad nauseum on this podcast already. I think Marcus Granlin's your your unsung hero with what he does, right? I don't think he should be playing center. You know, I think you should be punting a guy like Archibald, moving Granlin to the wing and giving Gaunts his chance while these two centermen are out, while Beagle and Sutter's out. But I really like Granlin's defensive game, and I like how he can move up and down the lineup. You know, he can be in the top six if need be. He's not necessarily a top six guy, but he's kind of the Swiss Army knife for this team. And he does a great job of stealing pucks and stopping guys on their breakout across the blue line. I think he's got one of the best sticks when it comes to stopping some of these players. And it's been like he's he's been a joy to watch, and he was another guy who's kind of on the bubble, um, headed into this season, right? Like everybody's like, "Well, is he going to come back? What are they going to do? Are they going to sign him to a contract? Are they not going to sign him? Are they going to let him go?" And he's been very, very good in that bottom six role, especially on the penalty kill as well, and he's contributed when need be into the top six. Yeah, you use you stole my line, Swiss, Ar- Swiss Army knife. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I also think that uh, he's good enough to go up and down the lineup. He's not quite good enough to stick in the top six, and that's why scoring touch, right? Yeah, scoring touch. Yeah, that's exactly it. But hey, the last game against Minnesota, he ripped it up. He's got a, He's going against his brother. Yeah, we might see that again. Yeah, I'd like to see that. It's that little extra motivation for him, right? And you know what? What he was traded for was a third round pick. Oh, it's nothing. Yeah, so I... Th- I think it was Shin Carrick, actually, wasn't it? Was it Shin Carrick? Yeah. I know there was a third-round pick trade. Oh, that there was, was Berchie. There was Berchie, a Berchie trade. was the third-round pick. I think it was the second, actually, for Berchie. Okay, and yeah. then it was... Then it was uh, and then Shin it was Shin Carrick for, yeah. for Granny. And Shin Carrick, I think, was he a first-round pick by the Canucks, or was he second Late round? first round, yeah, yeah. late first round, yeah. Who's, like, out of the league. He's been traded a few times. Yeah. I think he's in the AHL somewhere. Uh, my biggest surprise, or sorry, my unsung hero. That's that's where we're at right now, right? Unsung hero. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's Troy Stetcher. Yep. And the reason is because he is always given the toughest, the toughest assignment. Yeah, the, you know he's I mean? not logging easy minutes, especially with the partners that he's paired up with. And he's a plus eight. 
Yeah. That's, that's year. fantastic. That's incredible, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that actually is quite incredible. Right? And yeah. he has six points in 20 games. That's mm-hmm. that's not bad either. It's not bad. That's second in Canuck defensive scoring. You know? One behind Gabranson, who has seven. Yeah. So I, I like Stetcher. I think he's, you know, when he was, when he was out there with Pouliot, when I first saw that, I was like, this is a disaster written all over it. <laughs> and it probably would have been two kind of undersized guys too. Right. Yeah. And it probably would have been last year, the way things were going. Right. Yeah. And I just think that Stetcher has, he's done the impossible by not really showing up anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not not like not being that guy that you notice out there, not being a part of a disaster. Well, now he's got to work with a guy like Delzato, who's even not, I think, a tougher assignment, right? Especially in his own end. Delzato in his own end can be a bit of a dog's breakfast. And, and Stetcher's like a dog on the bone, man. Like that's, I'll always say that about Troy. He doesn't give up on anything. Like, if he was a bigger guy, he'd be a great, great defenseman. And even though he's not, he's still good at getting leverage underneath bigger guys to strip the puck off of him, you know? He does great work on the wall for a guy who's undersized, and he never gives up. And I I love that about him. So, yeah, he's my biggest, uh, or sorry, unsung hero. You know what, Art? I got to say, I like your picks. I like the Horvat pick quite a bit. Thanks. I um I also really like the um the stature pick. I think that's pretty solid. And then uh what else you got? Well, let's go with let's go to the negative side here. Who's what's been the biggest disappointment? It can be it can be a player, it can be anything on the team. I think the biggest disappointment is the lack of of Besser that we've seen this season. Yeah. We saw him at the beginning. Everybody was wondering, they're like, oh, is it the back? What's wrong with him? Is it the wrist again? He's not playing the way that we saw him, you know, heading um, before he got injured last year. It's a bit of a slow start. I know he's ripping it up in the beauty league over the summertime, but it's obviously not the same. He put on a whole bunch of weight, you know, like at the opening press conference this season, everybody's like, oh, look at how buff he is. Look at him next to... Look at him next to Horvat. This guy's going to be a killer. I am the Everton <laughs> Yeah. That's what he was. Yeah. And, um, and like, he just wasn't doing much at the beginning of the season. And then, of course, he has that four-point night where, like, Brock, he heats up in November. This is the second season in a row where he heated up in November, and then he gets hurt again. And it's not – I'm not disappointed in Besser. I'm just disappointed in the lack that we haven't had much of a look at him. And injuries just keep ravaging this guy. He's the second best player on this team. Yeah. Or maybe the third if you throw Horvat there. They're right there. Anyway, he's top three on this team. 100%. Uh, he gives you another dynamic score that you have to have. He he brought life to this team last year. Like, yeah. seriously, there were games that, like, I was ready to watch Canucks hockey again with another eye when he's out there. And when then when he got hurt near the end of last season, I was just like, man... Like, what is there to watch on this team? Like, what's there to get excited about? Besser creates opportunities for other players out there because guys have to defend them, right? So when you got a guy like Pedersen out there, you got a guy like Besser out there, the other team's shit in their pants. They're (laughs) like, well, who do we defend? What do we do? What's going on here, right? And um, I like Besser with Pedersen. I like Besser with Barchi and Horvat. I don't think it matters where you put the guy. He's going to produce. It gives you two lines that you are are scared of right yeah so i yeah i completely agree that not having him there is very disappointing it's it's sucks man yeah uh, and hopefully he's you know good to go i know he's getting looked at by specialists i mean what do we have what do we what have we heard about besser since then i think he's probably going to be ready to go once this road trip comes to an end i think he's probably going to be ready for that montreal game i guess it could be worse i mean there was a point in the season when Patterson and Besser were out, and I was just like, I "Dude, just, uh, I'm worried know. about Berchi, like big time worried." Yeah, um, he's still in concussion protocol. He hasn't skated. Yeah, and I mean, he's had a couple conkies in his career previous, but like when he went down, he got back right up, and he was pissed off at the ref, and then he went into the tunnel, and I was just like, "Okay, well, like yeah, maybe he he's going to be out for this game, but like he should be back, and he hasn't been back yet. Maybe he'll be back for next." Uh yeah, for next uh, next game, we I was but, remember like, thinking that because thing, that was that was the that was the the graveyard game. I don't think he will. Yeah, hurt. but I don't yeah. think he will be back because he hasn't skated yet. 
Of course not. They're going to give him practice and conditioning yeah. and everything like that. I mean, I don't know, this conditioning staff and strength and conditioning and medical staff, they're obviously being very careful with concussions. I mean, Demko, yeah. he took a puck to the... Off a Man. Leipzig shot in practice, yeah. and he still hasn't done anything. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. he's nothing, right? We yeah, haven't heard anything it's, about that, guy. dude? It's worrisome. I like Berchi. I mean, if we're talking about unsung heroes too, like I think that guy is such an unsung hero, and not just over like at the beginning of this season, but I thought he was an unsung hero last year when he was healthy. His health concerns me, man. It's it's right up there with Brock. He's not elite like Brock is but he's a very very important contributor on this team and he's improved so much since when we had him like when we got him originally he's so much better like in tougher areas and I, I miss him I miss him I miss Beagle I miss Sutter I miss Edler I miss all these guys these you gotta guys remember are good this... components to this team yeah. and this team is doing it we're kind of limping our way right now but like they've been doing pretty well without these guys uh Travis Green was asked after the game, like, how does he assess his team at this point? You know, they've lost three in a row. Um, they're suffering through all these injuries. They've had a tough schedule to start yeah. the year. Two you know? six-game road trips? Like, what a grinder. Yeah, and he pretty much said that, yeah, it's no excuse, but of course it could be a lot easier than it is. So we can't be, you know, that upset with where they are. Even Markstrom, like a guy who has been – given start after start after start and i don't think he's been up to snuff i'll say that right now but like you know having backman be be your backup while nilson's out it's it's put green in a tough position he's like i gotta ride markstrom with knowing what kind of goaltender richard backman is nine straight starts yeah for jacob markstrom but like that save percentage man that save percentage is sitting around 900 and that's not good enough especially when you're you're letting in a softy pretty much every game you're playing you know against the rangers he was fantastic but other than that on this road trip he's been giving up soft goals left right and center least valuable player least valuable player yeah right now yeah darren archibald i think that's easy well i mean it's easy to give it to a grinder nobody who doesn't play a lot that of guy points. shouldn't be in the lineup yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's a little bit of a cop-out. Well, like, okay, okay. Well, let me just make a case for Darren Archibald right now because we yeah. see this every time he comes into the lineup. Yeah. He has one game where he runs around the rink and he just starts hitting guys into the boards and everybody claps their hands and gets all excited. Oh, we should be excited by Archibald. He's so good. Oh, he's got potential. He doesn't have potential. He's old. If he had, it, You know, at some point when you're in this league for as long as Darren Archibald has been playing hockey, I think he's like 26, 27 years old. People know what Darren Archibald is. He's a utility guy who comes up for when people are hurt. And I don't think he should be in the lineup over a guy like Gaunt. He has shown a tendency to toss the gloves aside and, you know, have a scrap ah, here and there. Doesn't matter. That's not good enough? No, it's not good enough. I, it's it's not it's nowhere I, near good enough. I feel like they have him here because they don't want Gabranson because he's too valuable on the back end to throw the gloves. I think that having Ar uh, Archibald there to do that... Who's scared of him? Nobody's scared of him. If he came in and people were actually scared of him... I don't know. I think he can hold his to own. To fight. Yeah, but nobody's like, oh, I shouldn't take liberations with Elias Pettersson because... Darren Archibald's in the lineup tonight. Nobody's thinking that. Well, it also... Well, no, but they also think, oh, damn, I have to throw the gloves because there's a guy that's willing to. Uh, you have to I, have I don't that. agree with that, man. Yeah. I just... I like... If if you're going to bring in a guy who knows how to muck it up, I'd rather see Zach McEwen up here. But at least he mucks it up, right? That's but what he doesn't. Saying. He mucks it. He comes in for one game, and then he mucks it up, and then he just sits around and does nothing. I'm just saying that you, you know... We were all pissed off when nobody did anything when Patterson got hurt. Here's a guy that's willing or could do that. You, you think know? Darren Archibald would do that? I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I really don't. Yeah. I, I, I like, there's a reason why he's not up here too often. I'm just pissed off that a guy, I think Granny should be playing wing a hundred percent because he's not good enough in the dot. Mm -hmm. And I think if you pull a guy like Granny out of center, Put Gaunts in where you have Godet Gaunts in those bottom six. You can move Granny up and down anywhere. You don't need a guy like Archibald. Yeah. He doesn't do enough. All right. Yeah, Fine. like, okay. So I'm just, I, I'm just saying that it's it's pretty easy to give a cough out to a yeah, guy no, who fair is enough. Like, so let me get let maybe me, he's in the lineup, maybe he's not, you know? Fair enough. So let me get down to the nitty gritty so far about the biggest 
disappointment for me this season. Well, we already had the biggest disappointment. This is the least valuable player. Oh, least valuable. Yeah. Who was the biggest? Dis- oh, the Brock Besser Brock thing. Besser, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Splitting hairs, but whatever. <laughs> least valuable player. It's just I, a chance to be negative. I, I, yeah. Well, I mean, jump on that anytime we can on the on the whole between the Stanford's podcast. Uh, Louis Erickson has been running on Eastern Standard Time, and he's been doing a good job. But, but. Huge caveat. Mm-hmm. For $6 million per year, mm-hmm. he's still not doing what he should be doing. Yeah. And I feel like last season, he kind of had this little hot streak of like nine games or so where he went on a rip, but we didn't see anything beforehand and we didn't see anything a- um, after that. And right now, to me, he's the least valuable player. But if he keeps playing the way he has in the last few games, he could come out of that hole pretty quickly. And, you know, and this is why, and you gave me crap for this, and I even questioned it myself when I said it. I was like, this is why you keep giving Louis Erickson time on the ice because he has the ability to go out there and have multi-point games and give you another dimension offensively. Yeah, he wasn't showing it for an entire season. <laughs> okay, let's, go, let's, let's talk about this. Last year, we got a guy like Thomas Vanek on the cheap. Right at the beginning oh, of the yeah. season, because everybody else was like, oh, I, don't the- wanna, "I don't want to touch this guy." Thomas Vanek came in here last season and fucking embarrassed Louis Erickson, embarrassed him. I, I, you know what? I forgot to mention that about last season. We were talking about things that to get excited about him and Brock Besser were the two most exciting things of last season. Yeah, and I think it's not even close. Right? It was those two guys. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go for it. So. For the amount of money that a guy like Louis is making, like but he, throw he, the money aside. He, well, we he can't should have that. He should be playing the way a guy like Thomas Vanek was playing last season, and you don't see the immediacy yeah. in Louis's game, and that's yeah. the thing that bugs me the most because you know the skill is there. I know the skill is there. Yeah. I've seen him on the Stars, I've seen him on the Bruins, yeah. and I've seen him do it night in, night out when he was on those two teams. And with the Canucks, he hasn't done it. Yeah, you know, he goes on these little spurts, and that's it. But Again, if he keeps playing the way he's been playing these last few, I'm going to let up on the reins a little bit because he's probably the guy I ride the hardest. He has seven points in his last five games. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's what he should be doing all season, by the way. Yeah, it should be. But if you don't give him the ice time, there's no chance of him to get out of it, right? Yeah. If and you that's, don't, and that's, that, that was my only point. Like, that's why you have to keep putting him in a top six position and get him not, out there. Not if he's not out there forechecking, though. Yeah. You can see when he's disengaged. Yeah. It's so easy to tell when that guy isn't playing. Yeah. I agree with that as it's well. It's such a tell... Because he's a big body. It's yeah. a telltale sign out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just think you have to think long game a little bit with this guy. We're in the third season. <laughs> I know, but he's had major injuries there. I'm, I'm You know, I'm just... In his defense, all right, and I don't, and I don't like defending him, you know, because I give him crap too. I kind of think you do like defending him. No. You're, you're winding me up here a little bit. No, I'm just, I. That's at least in my head. I was like, I get it. I get why he's still in the top six. Whereas you were like, no, send him to the farm. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, like, I would have, I would have traded him if I had the chance. I well, like. You can't trade that contract. Look, you. I think he should have been sitting at least once already this season. I think they, when they were healthy, they could have sat him, and I think it would have sent a really good message to the rest of the team. That option isn't out of out of the blue like yet. I think they still have a chance to do that if he falls off from what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. They have guys who can come in and play when they're healthy if Louis Erickson's out of the lineup. But not produce it you know seven games seven okay so five games okay right? so l- let's look at top six then like See what l- i mean by that let's yeah i understand what you're saying but let's look at top six right mm-hmm. if you if your guys are healthy you can have horvat barchi right mm-hmm. you could have leipzig on the other side you could have louis erickson on the other side you could have jake Vertanen on the other side and then your second your second uh line could be besser Pedersen, and goldobin but then you have to shit on those guys if they don't produce. Yeah, 100%. Right? That's and I why will. Louis Erickson's a good scapegoat. He's a great scapegoat. Is he not? He shouldn't be he's a scapegoat. He shouldn't great be. He's not getting paid $6 million a year to be a scapegoat. But he, Yeah, but he's also an easy target to be a scapegoat. Yeah, because yeah. of his contract. Yeah. yeah. And because of his pedigree in the league. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. When a guy like that is shitting the bed, it's easier to go after him. Look at a guy like David Clarkson when he was playing for the Maple Leafs. Guy got destroyed. Sure did. And for good reason. Yep. 
Uh, my least valuable player, believe it or not, is not Louis Erickson. All right, let's let's hear it. It's Jacob Markstrom. He he was my second choice. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I I I appreciate that he's in a difficult position here. He has to start every game. But his numbers, like, is not starting goaltenders' numbers. In 14 games, somehow he has a 7-5 and win-loss record. His goals against average is 3.28. And his save percentage is under 900. Yeah, that's in today's, disgusting. In today's NHL, that's just unacceptable. That's like an average goalie in the WHL's numbers. Yeah. Is 896. Now his best games have been, uh, have been when Anders Nielsen has started a few games. Have you noticed that? Hundred percent. Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear, and you have to give Benning some credit here. Yeah. For getting another guy who can push him, right? Yeah, you need a guy who can challenge him in the net, but. But now we're we watching. We need a goalie. Markstrom. We're watching Markstrom. <laughs> you know his ninth straight start. That game against the Islanders, the most recent game we just saw. A 5-2 loss. He was horrible. Easily the worst Vancouver Canuck out there. Dude, Tom Kunockel made us look like an idiot last night. <laughs> that first goal that he scored when he was like on his stomach and he whipped the puck back. And like Markstrom couldn't get his skate close enough to the post to make that save. That was the softest goal. That was a Roberto Luongo hole goal. Like remember like when Luongo would have that unexplained goal in like a crucial game and don't get me wrong Wongo is miles better than Jacob Markstrom but like that reminded me of like that inopportune time where it got the other team back in the game like immediately and you know last night Leipzig Leipzig scores Kunakl puts one in like that and then the the Islanders just jump on him tell me how you feel about Kunakl fuck Tom Kunakl man like you kidding me Dude, the second goal he kicks in, the first goal he jobs out. He wasn't even looking at the net when he put it on there, and it was just sliding along the ice. There's no connection to lost that game. What is it about Kunakel that really pisses you off? Besides his name, I just hate it. I I just hate losing to guys like that. You know, guys who show up and have that one game. It, like, it was always uh, in the day in the '90s in the early 2000s. It was always the backup goalie that would come in, right? And the Canucks and they'd just be a stone him. wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then and then like the Canucks against the Minnesota Wild, you know, and it would be like their bottom six guys, like in the early 2000s. Like the Minnesota Wild were a decent team, but like West Walls, yeah, guys like that. Like West Walls comes in and like yeah. single handedly defeats us. It even it even <sighs> got to the point where the Canucks were like getting goaltenders that were like backup goaltenders and bringing them in because they played well against the Canucks and they're not good goalies. Yeah. Like Johan Hedberg was one of them. <laughs> like he's not a good goalie. Yeah. But you played well against the Canucks? Yeah. No, it was a real thing. Uh, back to the Canucks goaltending thing because we're talking about Markstrom. And we as a Canuck French uh, fan fandom, three in the Canucks, you know, Canuck world. Canucks, Canucks Nation. Fan. Yeah, Canucks Nation. Canucks that's, fan base. That's what I was looking for. Thanks. No worries. Roberto Luongo, to his credit, for all his failures and to all his credit, he has kind of poured water on the Canucks is a goalie graveyard. Like, yeah. it's over. Yeah, I agree. It's over, right? Yeah, I'm with you on that. And Markstrom, like, we don't we don't expect, and this is why I bring Markstrom into it, we don't expect him to be a number one goaltender. I think we know what he is at this yeah. point, right? Yeah, for sure. So the Canucks have to do something about their goaltending position. Yeah. Big time. I, I Like, right away. Yeah. Like, you Anders know? Nielsen, I don't, I don't know what his timetable is to get back. I think he's been I think he's been on the ice doing, like, goaltending activities, at least. If I was betting, I'd get on the phone to Colorado and I'd be like, listen, how, what do you want for a guy like Philip Grubauer? And, and I'd, I'd pitch him that question. Is, is Thomas Grice the starter in New York for the Islanders? Yeah. Because I was going to say, he seems like a guy who should be a backup, and the Canucks could bring him in. Yeah. Well, but you he, never know. Like, he played well against the Canucks. Dude, Halak's been playing pretty damn good for uh, Boston, other than, you know, the two games that we had against him. Because Tuka Rask is on some side of sabbatical, so that, there's yeah, no trade that's going to happen He's there. coming back, but, yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying I want Yaroslav Halak, but I think Grubauer, I think Phoenix is kind of interesting with, uh, I mean, sorry, Arizona's kind of interesting with Kemper and Antiranta. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
but yeah, I think Markstrom needs more of a push. And and you're right. Like when Nielsen was healthy, they were getting more out of him. But I love. Geez, uh, the goals just come at the most inopportune times. I man. love. I love John Garrett, who is like. You know, we just you give him the start if he if he gets the win. It doesn't matter how he plays. I I was laughing pretty hard Dude, when you I, were saying that in the broadcast. He's the biggest apologist for goaltenders ever. Like he, well, he's he a goalie. What do you he, expect? He apologizes for Jacob Markstrom like a, a mom does for her little shitball kid, right? Like <laughs> yeah. if Jacob Markstrom committed a murder in cold blood, yep. John Garrett would f- find a way to somehow say it's not his fault. And and it it annoys me. Well, he doesn't just do it for the goalies, though. He does it for all the players, you know. Yeah, but more so with the goalies. He called out Stetcher the other day in the Islanders game when Stetcher was coming in and he was like near the top of the circle, completely unguarded. Man, would have taken an Islander like two seconds to get on him, completely unguarded. Takes a shot and just whiffs one. A muffin. Like a muffin, like two feet. Away from the net, like, like a strong breeze no would have stopped it. There's no way. There's no way you should miss a shot in that close. Yeah, and he completely missed. And then, and Garrett was hard on him. He's like, Stetcher's got to make that shot. I don't care. Like, I I think he is easier on goalies. So we've gone through our quarterly grades. Uh, the Canucks ten eight and two. They're second in the Pacific Division. They have a minus six goal differential. That's obviously a goaltending thing. Yeah, so, I, I will. I mean, look at his save percentage. Yeah, eight ninety six. Eight ninety six. Not good enough. Not good enough. Yeah. So the Canucks have to do something about that. Uh, through twenty games, the Canucks are on a three game losing streak. Uh, there was a poll run on Vancouver Radio <laughs> hate, this morning. I hate the two in that record. By the way, can I just say that real quick? Yeah. The two like. The Detroit loss and the Buffalo loss. The Buffalo, I mean, was it the Buffalo loss? Yeah. Second OT, yeah. yeah. That, that. Shoot out, shoot out. Yeah, that game where Buffalo got back in it with those two quick ones in the third. Yeah. Especially that second one. That was a Markstrom rebound that just flew onto the other, uh, I forget who buried it, but on that Sabres player stick who just was in the right spot and there was nothing anybody could have done. That was a 10 a.m. game. Yeah, it was a collapse at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, a collapse. So back to the poll I was talking about. Um, what's the reason for the Canucks slump? Goaltending, fatigue, injuries, that's who they are. I don't think it's that's who they are because, I mean, the Canucks aren't really who they are right now. They're missing too many players. Uh, I, I think it's the other three. I think it's... If you had to choose just one, what would it be? This is Canucks radio for you. I'm going to give you. I think it's all three, man. I like This is the thing about these Canucks polls. They're, they're meant to incite reaction, and yeah. I don't think – like, it's easy to say goaltending, but I thought Markson was really good in that Ranger game. Yeah. That was, like, his shining moment on this road trip, even though they lost because we hit two goddamn posts. Well, sorry, Delzato hit two posts and a crossbar on his shot, and then Goldobin rang one off the iron, too. But like, that probably would have changed that, that game. That would have changed thought. that game. Yeah, 100%. That game pissed me off. But yeah, yeah fair enough. But I, I think it's all three. I do. I think it's. So of the 1,600 votes, a little over 1,600 votes, this was nine hours ago, 38% of voters said that's who they are. You're not going to give the Canucks any sort of pass for having, like, serious injury problems, having, like, the hardest schedule known to man to start yeah. the NHL season. Like 12, Two six-game road trips, yeah. 12 of the first 20 games are on the road. Here. Yeah. And back-to-backs. They should have been getting shit-pumped. Yeah. And they haven't been. Remember? They've been in every game. Remember our first podcast – they were about to embark on that first six-game road trip. I was like, they'd be lucky to win one game yeah. here. I said that, you know? So I think that's also a little bit of, like, just how exciting they have been to start, that people are like, uh, you know, this is it. We were just seeing something crazy. It's not going to last. Look right? at how that poll is put out, though, right? Like, you have your goaltending, your injuries, fatigue, and they're all split kind of evenly. Those should all be like that. Should be coupled into three, and then that is who they are. Should be the other one. Uh, okay, so I really not, do not, think not that. Give you, not give you, th- not give you four options. I think it's, just, I think it's weighted into this is who they are. So you can get naysayers going on there, being like, no, it's none of those three things. But this is who they are. It's a lot easier to answer negatively on that poll than to say 
you know, we have these other three things, which are all real. Injuries, fatigue, and goaltending have all been problems. My vote was for fatigue. I don't know. I just feel like the team hasn't been able to finish in the in his last few games, you know? And I know they kind of got back into the game against the Islanders when they were trailing by a couple of goals and made it 3-2. Kunakel fucking kicked it in. Then they had the Kunakel goal. And Thanks, NHL, by the way. Going to Toronto for that, for the replay and getting it wrong. What's the point? Why have it? Why have instant replay? Right, I, like for yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it in hockey. It's probably my least favorite. I, it's my least favorite for sure. I mean, the NFL it used to drive me crazy for how long it would take to just decipher whether something was caught. Mm-hmm. But the subjectivity of replays for goaltender interference makes zero sense. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. That call needs to be made on the ice in the moment. The offside one is chintzy as all giddy up. And uh, the only replay that they should have is from above the net over the goal line to see whether the the puck crossed the goal line. In most times, other than not, they go with the call on the ice anyway. And yeah. it's just like, why? And, and why waste that, everybody's time? Yeah, and we, we've seen this a million times, and everybody's going to have their opinion after that. You're just asking for, yeah. you know, criticism. I'm not a fan of that. No, I'm not either. We've talked about the Canucks quarterly stats. Uh I mean, we can go in through the games since we've last we last seen them. But I wanted to ask you now, because there was a there was an article on TSN that came out this week, and it gave, um, it's called the under twenty four core. I don't know if you saw this, and it gave like the top five teams and uh, you know their top core, top core players like their prospects and yep. where they and where they are mm-hmm. so the top uh i'm gonna try and find it here the top uh the top team obviously under 24 can you guess who the top under under uh top core players under 24 and they gave like each team a ranking and they gave like a top 10 i think is what they under did. 24 yeah so top of the core four under 24 list and they gave rankings to each player for you know like um uh you like a grade a ranking is what they what they would do i feel like calgary like how old is are some of those guys are they under 24 still like is goudreau under 24 is monahan under 24 is hannafin under 24 i think those guys are older than that now man are they yeah I I think of guys like like the Lightning to the Jets. I think the Jets are probably there. So who do you think would be your number one in the league? Yeah, this is a this is. A, I think the done. Jets in Carolina are probably in there. Senior hockey reporter Frank Saravelli is. Uh, are the Jets in Carolina in there? The Canucks are in there for sure. So, oh, and Buffalo would be in there too, wouldn't they? So the number one. Team, oh, in Toronto. I'm an idiot. Of course Toronto's in there. And the number one team, you're missing the number one team. Still? Edmonton is number one. Oh. So at okay. age 21, Connor McDavid's only 21 years old. That's scary. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Uh, so they, they're they the number one, and Connor McDavid just propels them to the top of the list. They give him, like, number one just because he's there, yeah. right? So Leon Dreisaitl, Evan Bouchard, who they give an A rating to. Darnell mm. Nurse is a B rating. So they have three... Three of the top four all under Bouchard's only nineteen. Leon Dreisaitl's twenty three, so he's on the precipice there of twenty four. Precipice, yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, Austin Matthews, a grade A grade twenty one as well. Mitch Marner, twenty one. He's ripping it up this year. By yeah, the way, yeah, he's been unreal. Uh, William Nylander, who they not give a, playing doesn't they, count. They give him they give him an A grade. Give him a, give him an F. He's yeah. not even playing. Yeah. Get him out of there. Kasperi Kapanen. 22 they give him a, f- a four they yeah. give him a b grade at he's four, he's a decent player he came in in jake's here i think um at three the colorado avalanche nathan mckinnon obviously yeah 23 years old a grade miko rantanen 22 years old yeah an a grade is landis clock still under 24 no he's no not. he's he's got to be older now yeah, i think he's like 27 well he came in when he was 18 and he was like the youngest captain in like nhl history right? and he's a very good player yeah uh kale, kale McCarr, McCarr is their yeah. a grade that they give d-man yeah hell of a player who's playing in the ncaa this year he's uh a lot of people make comparisons between him and quinn hughes 
Like a lot of people say, like Makar is just as good, if not better, than a guy like Quinn Hughes. Well, I have a friend who's a big Avalanche fan, and I said, I said to him, "Thanks to the Avalanche for passing on Elias Pettersson." Yeah. And he's like, "Well, we're pro- we're I think we're going to be pretty happy with Kale Makar." Yeah. That that was his response. So uh, that should tell you how excited they are for him. Samuel Gerard is a B, who's a twenty. I don't know much. He's about a good him. player. Good team man. He has twenty. Or he has seven points in twenty games this year. And at number four, yours truly, the Vancouver Canucks. Obviously, all four guys are A prospects. That's what they gave them. Last year, the Canucks were number 10 on this list, and okay. they moved up to number four. So, yeah. who is on this list? Well, you know exactly who's on this list. No, go ahead. Read it out. Elias Patterson. Yeah. Brock Besser. Yeah. Bo Horvat. Oh. Quinn Hughes. Interesting. Horvat's only 23 years old. What about a guy like Oli Ulevi, who is first in rookie AHL scoring right now. Mm. He's uh, he's not in the top four. And what about prospects. a guy like I think Jake Vertanen, who has eight goals on the season, the same amount as Patrick Laine? <laughs> um, well, I think you're missing the point of this. Uh, I think the Canucks should be higher. I mean, especially with a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, who's one of their best players isn't even playing in the league right now. Yeah, let's but let's... They're, those are top heavy with Austin Matthews. Well, of course, you know it's, people are considering him like the greatest player. In it's got the least the history swerve on it. The history of ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think it's just top four, top four core four, right? Yeah. If but it, if it went like ten deep, I think the Canucks should be number one. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Don't you think? I think they're up there. Yeah. And number five is the Winnipeg Jets. Okay. So Patrick Laine at 20, Kyle Connor at 21, yeah. uh, Josh Morrissey, Nikolai Ehlers. Josh Morrissey is a pleasure to watch. Yeah, he's very good. Oh, man. And there's even yeah. uh, there's even a quote here. Paul Maurice says Josh Morrissey took the biggest year-over-year leap last year he's seen in two decades behind an NHL bench. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, in Kelowna, when he came and was playing for Kelowna on that team, Dry Seidel was on that team, too, for the Rockets. They were just world beaters. Yeah. And he was he was a force back there. Yeah, I remember he was. And every time I see him, I'm like, this guy. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. And uh, you said Buffalo. He they're six. They got Rasmus Dahlin, who's only 18 years old. Yeah, playing in the NHL. Jack Eichel, who's 22 years old. Casey Middlestat, who scored against the Canucks, mm-hmm. right in the shootout, I think. Yeah, to win it against yeah. the Canucks, I think it was. Sam Reinhardt, who's still only 23. I didn't know that. 13 points this year in 23 games. Yeah. Well, he was Jake Vertanen's year as well, right? You got That's drafted right. third overall. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, was it second? It might have been second. Sam Reinhardt? Yeah. I think he was one, yeah, one or two, for sure. Yeah. Or third, Yeah, top three. It was sure. like Ekblad, then Reinhardt. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Boston is number seven. Pasternak, who has 23 points oh, in 22 games. At guys 22. Stud. He's got 16 goals this year. Yeah. Well, it's David Holy Pasternak. snap. Charlie McAvoy on that list, Jake uh, Dubois, or Jake DeBrusque, sorry. Yeah, DeBrusque is a good yeah. player. Uh, Florida's at eight with uh, Alexander Barkov, Aaron Ekblad. Uh, Islanders, Matthew Barzell, Ilya Sorokin, Noah Dobson, Kiefer Bellows. Dude, they are good at moving the puck, the Islanders, eh? That's yeah. one thing I'll give that team. They were team. fast. And Barzell makes that happen. His on-ice vision is unparalleled. It is so good, his on-ice vision. Our program director asked me today. This was after he gave me a harsh uh, air check. That wasn't that harsh, but we argued a lot during it. Uh, (laughs) He said, who would you rather have, Matthew Barzell or Elias Pettersson? Oh, Pettersson all day. Well, I said Pettersson. Obviously, he called me a homer. He said Barzell? Yeah. That's a Leaf. I mean, no, he's a Habs fan. (laughs) That's a Habs fan for you. He doesn't even watch Canucks games. He's got no clue. I, I think Barzell is all world. I really do. Yeah. And I mean, like when you look back at that Shirelli trade, that probably should have landed Barzell on the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Horrible, mm-hmm. horrible move. Yeah. They got they ended up getting like Strom. What are you doing? Uh, and and the reason he said Barzell was because he thinks he's like one of the best skaters in the league. That was his. I think that was his thing. Barzell is one of the best skaters in the league, and he's just like his vision is is crazy. You I could see he, it when he was a Thunderbird, man. I think if you asked me who would you rather have, Barzell or Besser, that's a better one. That's a better. I'd still take Besser, even with the injuries. I'd take Besser. Well, I mean, we kind of forget that Besser. Was like he was going to win the NHL, the NHL Rookie of the Year last year if he didn't get. Yeah, Besser's sniping, right? Barzell's a playmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
and we're not trying to degrade Barzal here, who's a great local kid, by the way. Yeah. He's from the lower mainland there. So, anyways, I just thought that was interesting, having that conversation. Uh, one last thing I want to get into before we wrap up this Between the Stammers. Trade in the NHL today. The Los Angeles Kings, the floundering Los Angeles Kings, who got destroyed by the Toronto <laughs> Maple Leafs last night, traded uh, Tanner Pearson, who has one assist in 17 games this year, for Carl Haglund to the uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins for Carl Haglund. What do you think about that? Charles? I think this is your classic Jim Rutherford move, man. Like he does this all the time. He makes his trades early. He he's known for making early trades in the year, pouncing on things to try and get his team going if they're not doing too well. Penguins have been playing decent hockey, but they went on a bit of a schneid there for a while. And um he identified a guy like Pearson who's got a bit more grit to his game than Haglin and is younger by four years i think that's an easy win i think that's an easy win for the pittsburgh penguins and this I think, was I, I honestly think the kings got fleeced um i get i understand that they need more speed in their lineup like that's clear they need more speed and carl Haglin is one of the he's fastest 30 years old yeah he's still a speedster I'm, I'm not I'm all on the decline yeah sure i mean he doesn't have i don't think he's been great this year either pearson has one assist in 17 games minus nine carries a 3.75 cap hit 26 years old yada 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 uh haglin 30 has one goal three points in 16 games minus eight he's not really doing anything he has a four million cap hit in the final year of his current deal so that's probably where it is right there right yeah but that's the thing is you're getting him off the books and that's fine and okay but at the same time i mean like yeah that's that's basically la saying this year is done because they're not going to resign a guy like Haglin, 30 years old, yeah. for what he's doing. How about Ilya They're Kovalchuk, just getting Pearson right? off the books. How about Ilya Kovalchuk? I thought he was going to a contender. Yeah. Ugh. Scary stuff. Um, yeah, Jim Rutherford. I mean, he. They, it was funny today because he had the press conference, and it was like they had got uh, – the Penguins had uh, extended him a three-year extension. And he's like, fellas, I'll, uh, I'll see you in a few minutes. I got a, few, I got a trade on the uh, coming up. And it was like a cool way to end his press conference. And it was this trade for uh, Tanner Pearson. Interesting. I think I think he won that trade hands down. I think it's fun to have these kind of trades in the NHL. So. Oh, the more of those, the better, right? Yeah. I, Pearson still has an offensive upside. I think Pearson's just tired of playing in the system that he's been playing in. He's been playing in a very defensive-minded system under Sutter. Then under Stevens, who was the assistant, and now Willie goes in there. Willie's going to play the exact same kind of defensive shutdown, boring-ass hockey where a guy like Pearson isn't like designed to thrive. Pearson's an offensively gifted player, and going to the Penguins, playing with whoever he's going to be playing with, whether that's Malkin or Sid, he's going to do a lot better. I think it's like I don't even think it's close. It's Caleb hands Kirby. down a win there you go. for the Caleb, Penguins. Caleb Kirby gives the, uh, the Penguins a win. He hates giving the Penguins a win, too. Yeah, I don't like the Penguins whatsoever, but, yeah, it's a good move. Caleb Kirby, this has been another just fantastic episode of Between the Stammers. Where can we find you? You can find me at Curbman23 on Twitter, and you can email us at betweenthestammers at gmail.com. If you got any questions, concerns, or just want to have a chat, hit us up, man. You can find me at at Art Aronson, both on Facebook and Instagram, even on, uh, sorry, Twitter and Instagram, and even at Facebook if you really still use that thing, you dinosaur. Uh, thanks for tuning in.